Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Oz Movie Geek Podcast. I'm your host, Pado. This is the first episode in the 2019 Halloween Spooktacular series that I'm doing. Um, yeah, so I'm pretty excited about it. Uh, my first review will be for Halloween 2018, the sequel slash soft reboot of the popular Halloween franchise. Uh, this is a recording that I did make last year. I just wanted to do a bit of a review on it. Um, and yeah, I was pretty excited at the time uh, for this film. So yeah, enjoy. Uh, my thoughts are pretty much the same. There's no real update on it. So that's why I thought... Why not start with a familiar review um, and then we'll get stuck into other reviews. Um, I've got reviews for The Evil Dead 1 and 2, Ghoulies 1 and 2, uh, In the Mouth of Madness, Fright Night, Killer Clowns from Outer Space. I've got lots of exciting stuff plus another potential collaboration as well. Uh, but I will post those details later on during the series. But I hope you guys enjoy Listen, let me know your thoughts too. This film has aged better, I suppose, than most of the Halloween sequels. A lot of them feel very iffy, I suppose. They're not as enjoyable on repeat viewings. Um, where this film I found to be enjoyable, not even in the Halloween season, just in general. I've watched it uh, about four or five times. Saw it twice in the cinema, as I do mention in my spoiler review. But yeah, just thought I'd let you guys know a bit of an update and enjoy. I'm very excited about this. Very excited to be talking about horror movies in this time of year. I know Halloween isn't as popular or prominent in Australia, but it's definitely something that I enjoy. I just like the theme and just the I suppose horror movies in general, I just enjoy talking about them. So I have a few other, I suppose, partnerships during this that I wanted to mention. Um, Glass Doll Films have been nice enough to send me copies of Ghoulies 1 and 2, which is fantastic. So I have those to review, like I did mention. And I also have a partnership with uh, Shock Entertainment, who have been producing the cult cinema series for quite some time. They sent me some awesome Blu-rays for films that I will be reviewing this Halloween. And I'm just very excited about this, guys. So, yeah, sit back, enjoy, listen, uh, and let me know your thoughts. And, yeah, enjoy, guys. What's going on, guys? So this is my second official discussion cast uh, on my Facebook page. Um, as if this is the first time that you're tuning into one of these, this is just a discussion forum for me to discuss a movie or a series of movies. Um, and today's topic is a spoiler review for... Halloween 2018 so if you haven't seen Halloween 2018 uh, better go and check it out before I spoil it all for you um, so I gave it a 3.8 out of 5 that was my initial review um, many things I liked about it but many things I didn't like um, so we're going to talk a bit about both of those so we'll start with the things that I liked about the film um, in more of a spoiler uh, fueled environment so um, like I said in my review the opening of the film was very strong. Um, it established Michael well as well as bringing Laurie back into the fray. So we start our establishing shot is of um, two podcasters who are following the new Professor Loomis uh, or Doctor Loomis through the um, through this mental institution, um, and we get a bit of exposition dialogue regarding um, regarding what Michael's been up to, what the state of everything is and how long he's been there for so we're set exactly 40 years to the day um from the first original halloween film in 1978 um and the podcasters walk through this institution we get the like i said the exposition dialogue um and 
with say Michael in the middle of this facility um, and he's shown the mask for the first time and then we cut away on a quick cut to um, the Halloween theme um, or the updated Halloween theme uh, over the credits um, yeah, I thought this was a pretty good follow-up. You're never going to beat that original POV shot of young Michael, the reveal of young Michael killing his sister Judith. But here, it it fits more of what the tone they're going for and this new updated version of Halloween. So I thought that it worked quite well. Um, and I think it was a good, good establishment and probably the strongest opening we've had since in the series apart from H2O because I thought H2O's opening was quite strong as well with young Joseph Gordon-Levitt but um, yeah I thought this was a good establishment of, of Michael again he's this big presence um, with seemingly nothing behind him but just this hulking uh, monstrosity and I think that's what we got and the absent his absent mindedness in the in the facility sort of establishes him as this horrible serial killer so I thought that they did a really good job with that and I loved hearing um, John Carpenter's theme again I thought that this updated version that he's done with his son um, is fantastic and I think that that's one of the highlights of the film um, is definitely the soundtrack there's a few tracks on the soundtrack that I'm a big fan of um, that I'll get into a bit later but yeah that's definitely um, it was definitely a great way to start the, the new film um, I think that the the weaknesses that the film has um, in regards to this opening portion is definitely the podcasters. They're very their point of the story is just to deliver exp exposition, and that's that's all. And to give Michael his mask back. That's you see it in the trailer. Um, there were glimpses of it in the trailer. They're at the gas station, and uh, they get brutally murdered. And then Michael's got his mask back, and he's back in the back in Haddonfield. So I think that. Um, their their role I suppose in the film was definitely shouldn't shouldn't have been there but I can understand why they are there you need characters to catch everyone up who hasn't seen Halloween or who doesn't know what's going on that they're, they're catching you up on everything so I can understand that um, other strengths that I mentioned in the film there's a really nice I, I mentioned two shots that I was a big fan of in my initial review uh, one of them was uh, it's a tracking shot and it's very it's uh, direct homage if not copied off the uh, Halloween 2 uh, the original Halloween 2 um, of Michael um, walking through uh, on Halloween night and um, bumping into a couple kids gets the hammer kills uh, the lady in the house and then uh, upgrades the hammer for a butcher's knife um, there was an interesting uh, morale decision by Michael as well when he's walking through the house where we hear a baby crying and we've established when Michael initially, um, when he initially escapes, he he murders a ten-year-old boy, um, and we hear this baby crying, and you can hear all the audience thinking, "I oh, know he's going to kill the kid," but he he looks at this baby crying and then just keeps walking. So um, that's something that's interesting that's been set up that's interesting that could definitely be followed up down the road. And I thought that was a different, it was different, and I think that's something that. The Halloween franchise could use to its advantage down the road somewhere. Um, that we'll go back now to that um, initial escape sequence because there was some brutal. Looks like there was some brutal kills that take place, but we don't see, we don't see them. Um, we just see the aftermath. We see a guy with his neck, um, his neck snapped, and another guy that's um, looks like he's been bludgeoned and he's um, out on the beside the road. 
um, and we can just assume that it was because of Michael. Now, how did Michael escape? Um, he's either all the pent up, he hasn't spoken in 40 years, he hasn't done anything in 40 years, so we can assume that possibly that he, he's just broken and he's moving. It's Halloween night, he wants to go back out on his killing spree. But because of the awful twist that I have mentioned as well that I haven't gotten into regarding the new Dr. Loomis, um, he goes on the bus with Michael initially, so we can just assume that he assisted with Michael's escape, um, which is, yeah, I think it's stupid. Uh, apparently the initial ending of the film was, um, we see a glimpse of it, he picks up the mask and starts wearing it when Michael's unconscious um, and murders the sheriff. Um, and I think that that was the initial ending where he became Michael. Um, fans would have just rolled their eyes and walked away. Um, so I'm glad they went through the reshoots they did because it, it was very stupid. So this ending that we got makes more sense. It'd be open-ended. Um, is Michael dead? Is he not? Um, the character himself played by Halak Billigna. Um, it's terrible. I've thought that he was probably the worst part of the film he was he's no Donald Pleasance but um his character was stupid he's the plot twist um being that he assists Michael um to get to Laurie's house at the end of the film it was the plot twist existed literally so Laurie could get from one so that Michael could get to one point of the story to another um, it served no real gravitas to it or anything. It was just literally there just so um, Michael could be at Laurie's house at the end and they can have their final showdown. So I was quite disappointed in that and I thought that it was quite stupid and didn't really play into the film very well at all. Um, and But again, I can un it seems that the writers wrote themselves into a hole. They had a fantastic finale that they wanted to play out, which I thought was the strongest act of the film, was definitely this final act. Um, and the re the way to get this to happen. So they had this fantastic act written, and they're like, "Oh, how do we get them? How do we get Michael from point A to point B?" And that was inserting knockoff Doctor Loomis to to carry it out. So I think that that was um, very underwhelming and very poorly done. Um, and yeah, it was just a disappointing end to the to the film for sure. Um, I think that. The way that uh, the ending plays out, so Michael's loose in the house again, and Laurie's got her, uh, the three generation of Strode ladies are there, uh, her daughter Karen, and then her daughter, um, her granddaughter Alison, they're all stuck in the house, and they got to fend off Michael, so Laurie's, it's the tables have turned now, where it's Laurie stalking um, Michael instead of vice versa in the original 1978 film, so I found that to be very very interesting, very effective. I like the little traps that she's got set everywhere and how the ending plays out. The reverse shot of Michael standing over the balcony and seeing Laurie looks away, Laurie disappears. Similar to how in the 1978 film, Laurie was looking out, looks away, Michael disappears. Um, so that was very clever um, and very well done. The other shot that I mentioned too that I was a big fan of was... Um, it's another... It's a one-take shot. You see Michael's reflection in a window while a lady's on the phone and getting the news that uh, there has been a few murders in town, so she's locking up her house and everything. Michael's leans down. You see his reflection. Then we see him walk away. The camera holds on that initial spot where the, the reflection was, and we see Michael tracking around in the background. 
he then makes his way into the house and we see a brutal kill um, stabbed through the neck and um, I found that scene to be very effective and very well done um, I mentioned poor comic relief in my review too there's a scene involving um, one of the characters Vicky and her uh, the uh, Dalton I believe the kid's name is who she's babysitting no Julian Julian that she's babysitting and Julian um, is the wisecracking um, teen and I found him to be actually really funny and that was the effective comedy um, it's there's a, a suspenseful sequence with Vicky checking the cupboard which we see in the trailer she's trying to shut the cupboard door doesn't Michael's there Michael stabs her that scene was undercut with a joke from Julian but the joke was quite funny so I think that that was a pass um, in comparison to the other poor humor uh, portions of humor that I mentioned one of which being um, it was a scene between two police officers that felt very much improvised um, in, a, in a car talking about Vietnamese sandwiches and he says uh, they're talking about how uh, what do you got for dinner a brownie and gets the brownie out and he's like yeah and he goes that's what a five year old would eat it's just so poorly done and it's very unfunny and I just was not a fan at all and it takes you out of the film and I feel that a actual dialogue regarding what's going on or something because they're in a pretty suspenseful situation and instead they're talking about food and brownies and it was just it was ridiculous and very poorly timed and if it, it does feel like a David Gordon Green Danny McBride thing um, if you don't know David Gordon Green's the director of Pineapple Express um, that's how him and Danny McBride I believe met um, and they've worked together on a few films now um, and it just doesn't it, his style of humour is very much um, improvised The Sitter is a classic example of it a premise that is so simple but so butchered because of terrible a terrible script and terrible improv um, Jonah Hill yeah it's probably his worst film actually um, they also Danny McBride teamed up with David Gordon Green again on Your Highness which I quite like because I like what it's trying to do more so than what it actually achieves but I do find it fun and it's got some pretty high production value um, but yeah that basically just David Gordon Green's script writing and his I guess his imp the improvised humour that he likes to include um, there's also a scene at the beginning of the film with um, uh, with Karen's husband played by Will Patton and he has a joke about getting peanut butter on his penis because he uh, a rat trap backfired and it was very very cringy and it just didn't work and it felt like it belonged in a different film than a Halloween movie um, and that's our first introduction to these new the new generation of Strode too with Karen and Allison, which I think Judy Greer um, did a really good job and I think that Andy uh, Matichak was quite good too as Allison. They both worked well with each other. They both felt genuine as well and I like that they've set up this three generations of Strode women that can continue this on into the future. Um, so basically the ending of the film is uh, they trap Michael in the Michael in the basement and we get a really good rendition of the Halloween theme over some different synth sounds and a, and a violin, and it just sounded amazing. Again, Carpenter's score was fantastic. Um, and we see him burning. They leave the house and limp for help on the side of the road. Um, and we see Michael burning, cuts back to it. The stairwell's empty now, no Michael there. Um, the open-ended ending, um, the after-credits scene, we then hear Michael breathing. So got to assume that he's still alive um this movie made uh, so much money so guarantee that we will get a sequel 
Um, but it'll be interesting to see what direction they take. Uh, Allison's character at the end of the film is, uh, stabs Michael in the shoulder and still holding the knife. We get a, a freeze frame shot to finish the film of the knife zoomed in. So I think it's trying to say that maybe Allison's got a taste now for murder or something, or we're going to see this play out down in a sequel. Um, I don't mind that angle, and I think that was an interesting route to take, um, especially considering she's been brought up. We get a pretty emotional scene at a dinner table, which was one of the better scenes of the film, where Laurie arrives and she's intoxicated and she's quite upset because she's just seen Michael for the first time. So, And we get another close-up of Alison's face, so we can see how Alison's affected by all of this. And I think that it works quite well. And I think that establishing... Laurie's still in the film with Karen and Allison is a great way to go um, and I think that yeah having these three central characters now even if um, Jamie Lee Curtis doesn't want to come back as Laurie again which is fair enough her story's finished um, it would have ended as a nice bookend to the series but I can understand if they want to continue because they've left it open-ended for that reason um, and I'd say we will get a sequel we'll get an announcement of a sequel for sure probably in two years time we'll be talking about Halloween 2 um, but yeah, I think that it was uh, it was well done, and I'm I'm quite impressed with how everything turned out. Like I said, three point eight out of five. Um, I did enjoy it, um, but there were definitely some flaws in the film, and I would like to see this tidied up maybe down the road. I'm interested to see the deleted scenes as well. There was a TV shot released with one of the uh, podcasters in a shower, and Michael breaks in on her shower and she screams. That wasn't in the film that'll be a deleted scene so maybe that was her original death uh, again with these reshoots I'm, I'm interested to see what was cut and what wasn't um the original ending if that's included possibly on the blu-ray um it'd be interesting to see that as well just with um knock off loomis as yeah the, as the catalyst now and the the new michael myers so um yeah again thoroughly enjoy the film uh, definitely worth the watch i didn't I recommend seeing it on the big screen. Um, I think the word to use would be frustrated. I was frustrated that certain things weren't tidied up to the point where it was um, more watchable. Uh, the humour was tidied up a bit. Um, I would have liked some more shots and some more sequences of Laurie and Michael and Haddonfield with all the trick-or-treaters out. That was the stuff I liked and I thought it was really well done. That middle portion, but I did enjoy the secluded end of the film. Um, with yeah, Laurie st uh, stalking Michael through the house. That was very well done and quite quite effective, I think is the right word to use. But thanks for listening, guys. Uh, that will be um, the end of the discussion, I suppose, for Halloween uh, 2018 until, um, until we get more news on a sequel or anything. Um, but, yeah, that's, that's basically my thoughts summed up um, in more of a spoiler a spoiler fueled environment so um yeah thanks for listening guys and stay tuned for more updates soon